Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds of Bruce podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, joined by former Eagles, Cardinals, tight end Ed Smith, also the host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast. He's at Ed Smith Speaks on Twitter, X, whatever they're calling it these days. Welcome back to the show, Ed. How are we doing today? Oh, Kevin, great to be on with you, man. And and just a little caveat, I know we're talking for the show. I'm actually heading back over uh, December 9th. They're doing the, the weekend, December 9th. The Falcons are celebrating that NFC Championship team. Uh, 25 years, man, I can't believe it. But I'll be back over for that celebration, so I'm looking forward All to right. that. Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you play for a lot of teams, and and I, that's gonna be a that's I, I bet that was one of the one of the fun ones, one of the real fun ones. Yeah, me, yeah. So. Those two years there were the best in my career, man. And I, I'm looking forward to getting back and seeing some old faces and celebrating, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I'm looking forward to hearing about that. I bet that'll be a great time. Uh, and it's nice to to remember the good times for the Falcons because we haven't had a lot of those recently. <laughs> And I know that the Cardinals are in the same the same boat right now, sitting at at one and eight. But really, they they haven't been that bad. Like at one and eight. I mean, obviously, last week with Clayton Toon was a disaster. But before with Josh Dobbs, a competitive team, the one win coming against the Cowboys, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, we'll we'll dive into that. We'll get we'll get Ed's take on all that stuff before we we take off with previewing this game. Talk about the Cardinals a bit more. Let me get to a quick word. From our sponsor, betonline.ag. Folks, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. And BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests, whether that be the NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, all of them are in full swing. And BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. You can get all the hoops betting action along with the NFL and college football through the Super Bowl and college football playoff at your fingertips with both desktop and now mobile access at any time. So what are you waiting for, folks? Head to that website, betonline.ag today. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And then we'll just take a quick break here to bring you this week's prize picks from Prize Picks, folks. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? Welcome to another week of prize picks here on the Dirty Birds of Bruise podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, of course, here to bring you this week's picks. And I think I think we got we got a good one. We're, we're on a hot streak now, right, guys? We, we got got a big dub last week. Uh, and we're going to go back to the well on, on several of these because I think um, the, with the Falcons starting Taylor Heineke, uh, I actually feel a little bit more confident in the Falcons passing yardage. Not necessarily that they're going to score a lot, but we'll get to that. Uh, starting off, of course, with with the staple, right? Young Wei-Ku, more than one and a half field goals made. Uh, the Falcons have red zone issues. We all know this. Young Wei-Ku is pretty much automatic with his field goals. Uh, he's one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL, and in getting more than one, getting you know two field goals essentially uh, is is one of the safest safest picks you can make on this Falcons team. Maybe the safest week in and week out. So we are sticking with Young Wei-Ku. Uh, and I I just have ultimate faith in Young Wei-Ku and and. If he doesn't, if he doesn't make it one week, you know, hey, he's earned, he's earned, he's earned our trust. Obviously, uh, we're gonna go back to Taylor Heineke this week as well. They they were playing a much tougher defense last week in the Vikings. Uh, the Cardinals defense nowhere near as good. 
Uh, it, it could lead to some wonky stuff happening in this one. I do think that Kyler Murray will sort of invigorate that Cardinals offense to the point where the Falcons will will need to score. They're not just going to blow them out and just you know lean on the running game all day. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, and we know Heineke is going to throw the ball deep. It only takes one. It only takes a couple of those big plays plus the the rest of this passing volume. Uh, for this offense, and his number at two sixteen point five passing yards. I mean, it, it's that's pretty low. Um, so we're as, as long as it stays that low, I'm going to keep going back to that, going with more than two hundred sixteen and a half passing yards for Heineke. Uh, last week, I believe he was at two forty, and that was in a game where the passing game really wasn't that great. It was okay, uh, and a lot of it came on that one screen to Johnny Smith. But again, um, nowhere near as difficult an opponent this week as the Vikings. Uh, I think Heineke will have time and probably surpass this number without too much trouble fingers crossed right uh and then of course the third one has to be a non-falcon um don't love the cardinals players this week because again we got a new quarterback coming in we don't really know what that offense is going to look like i just don't trust any of those guys enough to to put a pick on but uh one guy that i have noticed that's been very consistent um fellow nfc south player rashad white one of my senior bowl guys from a couple years ago he's been a staple of the Buccaneers passing attack uh I think he's had seven targets or more in each of the last three games or something like that um and he's absolutely been crushing these receiving numbers uh he's still at 25 and a half receiving yards um and I think he's had like 60 plus the last several games uh, so you know I, I'm that that's not a big number for him to hit and considering the volume he's getting in the passing game I like that one a lot so we'll go with Rashad White more than 25 and a half receiving yards um so those are my picks feel free to, to share them guys and if you're not familiar with prize picks today's show is of course brought to you by prize picks and it is a skill-based daily fantasy game you pick two to six players decide if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection the more you pick the more you can win all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry and at prize picks you are not competing against other people like other daily fantasy. It's just you versus the projections. Price Picks also has a generous promotion schedule, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday, Flex Friday. So keep your eyes open for those. It's not just the NFL, too. There's a whole slate of NBA picks. When the MLB is going, they'll have that. NHL, PGA, college football, everything you could think of. It's pretty much on there, guys. And Price Picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less than they offer those fast withdrawals. It's that easy. And guys, all first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB, Dirty Birds and Brews, they, you guys will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That means if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you an additional $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Remember to make sure and use our promo code DBB when you sign up to get that deposit match and helps us out too. Let them know they found found PrizePix through us. Uh, helps us out. Really appreciate that. And let me go ahead and put the map up here for you guys as well. Says Price Picks is daily fantasy. It's available in 31 states, Washington, D.C., and most of Canada. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like California, Florida, Texas, Georgia, notably, right? Georgia, and over 70% of the U.S. So take a look at that uh, to make sure it's legal in your state. Uh, but guys, uh, thanks for hanging out with us here. Hope hope we, we, we nail it this week. We'll check in on the post-game show. And thanks again to Price Picks for sponsoring this episode. All right, folks, we're back here with Ed Smith, former tight end. He is at Ed Smith Speaks on Twitter to talk about this Cardinals-Falcons game, which has kind of gone off the rails in the last couple weeks. Uh, but let's talk about the Cardinals first, Ed, with first it was Josh Dobbs, and it was, at the very least, it was entertaining with Josh Dobbs. It was never boring, uh, and the Falcons got a firsthand taste of that uh, this week against the Vikings. Uh, and then it was Clayton Toon 
less entertaining. And now apparently it will be Kyler Murray. So what's going on with the quarterback situation there in Arizona? What's your thoughts on how, how that whole thing is going? It has been a roller coaster to say the least, Kevin. I mean, you know, we went through the entire offseason knowing that Kyler wasn't going to be here to start the season. The big question was, when do we get him back, you know? And and then, you know, at the beginning of training camp they or beginning of the season, right at the end of training camp, they make this move where they go get Joshua Dobbs. And people are like, what are you going for? We got, you know, Colt McCoy here to hold down the fort until we get Kyler back. No, no, no. They get rid of Colt McCoy. Uh, Josh Dobbs, you know, 10 days uh, here. He's the starting quarterback. And as you mentioned, we're one and eight now, uh, one and seven during his tenure here. And I, you know, I kept telling people throughout the ride, Kevin, look, Josh, you have no idea what the job he's doing. One, he just got here to start the season. No OTAs, no learning an offense during the offseason, anything like that. You throw him in there, and then you throw him in there with the talent that we have around him. We've got you know, they stripped this roster down to the bone, got rid of any talent that we had, no running game, no wide receivers on the outside, no offensive line to protect them. And, and you know, we actually won a game, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. So, you know, you, you trade him away. One, you get one sample size of Clayton Toon, and people were clamoring for Clayton Toon, Kevin. They were just, well, you know, we want to see what he can do. And I kept warning everybody, you don't want to see that. You really don't want to see that because he's a rookie, fifth-round guy. You know, all due respect to him, you know, he's in the league, but he was not going to do what Josh Dobbs did while, you know. And then we got to see it last week, got shellacked, 27-0, 58 yards of total offense. But knowing that Kyler was behind him coming, that was the only relief. You know, like if we got rid of Dobbs and it was like, you know, we're just going to roll with tune the rest of the season, it would be total – despair now how much of Murray we're going to see we can get into that you know but at least we're going to see him uh they probably have a plan moving forward uh my biggest issue is how are you going to protect him for one yeah and the other thing is he still has the same amount of talent around him and he's also coming off this injury where it's just not okay the knee is fine let's just throw him back out there there's a lot of mental that goes with that as well kevin i experienced a major knee injury in my career i remember that first time back out on the field you know and i was just a tight end let alone a you know quarterback who everybody's coming to hunt so you know there's a lot that's going to be to to watch in this game when you know we obviously didn't think it was going to be this you know but uh i'm i'm all i'm all locked and loaded to see uh, the next few weeks, what, what happens with Kyler, but welcome him back and, and, and hopefully he can stay healthy and they don't, you know, risk any further injury, you know, especially behind this shambles of an offensive line with no <laughs> weapons that he has. Right. Right. And that, that really seems to have been the the biggest key is that the offensive line has really just kind of fallen apart and there's been some injuries. There's been some ineffective, just some guys taking steps back, but yeah, on the Kyler thing, I mean, it, it's, I, I imagine there's a lot of, mixed feelings in the fan base because right now obviously the Cardinals <laughs> in the driver's seat for that number one overall pick they've also got extra picks lined up uh from trades last year uh what what's the the mood in the fan base is it sort of you know I, I imagine there's some that are like let's let's see what we got in Kyler because they think maybe he can be still the long-term quarterback and I imagine there's some that are like why is he playing we need to keep him healthy so we can trade him and we can get you know a new quarterback uh coming in in 2024. At one and eight, there, you know, I was just talking to my partner Jay on our podcast. At one and eight, 
and I'll explain like this, every team comes into the season. If you're a contender, it's like, look, we have aspirations of getting to the playoffs first, winning the Super Bowl. Those are our lofty goals. Then there are other teams that are just like, look, who knows? We can catch lightning in the bottle like that 98 Falcons yep. team. Mm-hmm. We can catch lightning in the bottle. And you never know what could happen. And then you start into the season because nobody goes into the season for the most part. You know, we know the T word is out there, but everybody hopes they can, you know, win a few games. You get to week eight, nine, where we're at, nine, week 10, and then it's like, okay, we're one and eight. Okay, what are our goals now? It, it's not winning a championship. It's let's continue to build on what we have started, meaning changing the culture, um, you know, getting the right guys in here. Uh, 2023 is not our winning season. We're now on to the future of the organization, right? So at this point in time, you know, you're bringing a quarterback you know, hopefully your franchise got back in to a one and eight situation. This isn't, you know, I'm, I keep asking, you think he's going to come in? Kyler Murray can't play offensive line. He can't play wide receiver. He can't play running back. So with that being said, you look at the weapons that are still around him. I think we're getting Connor back this week, but we're still the same team now with just a better quarterback. Don't expect all of a sudden this team is like going to rip off eight, nine wins in a row and right. look so much better than we've looked to this point. This is, I, I would caution people, our fans out here, this is an audition for Kyler Murray to see how he fits, you know, where he has is in his health and what their future plans for are for him. Um, it's, it's you know, it's it's all, we're all watching on pins and needles because anybody who tells you they know what our front office is thinking or this is how it's going to go, we we don't have any any clue out here, Kevin. So yeah. over the next few weeks, I'll be watching. We'll get some signs of, you know, does he fit in his offense, where he is with his health, et cetera, et cetera. And then we'll, you have to start reading the tea leaves. If they shut him down after two or three weeks, that means, okay, they've seen enough, and they're now evaluating what they're going to do for next year. But, I mean, it's all a mystery right now. I just hope he can stay healthy and they're not putting him out there in harm's way and – you know, as far as the expectations of the fans, you'd love to see him out there playing well and get him out of there as fast as possible because it's 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 a lose-lose situation as far as I'm concerned. We're not going to win a whole bunch of games. You don't want to get him hurt at this point in time. Oh, yeah, and that that's the one thing you really have to avoid because whether you want him to play here long-term or you want to be able to trade him, if he's hurt, it's going to make it way worse. So it's really the ideal yeah. situation would be for him to come in and ball out for a few weeks and then be able to just sort of sit him down and, and keep him healthy for the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Show enough that you can attract the trade attention, which will definitely be there if, if he's yeah. looking good. Um, and it, do you think that is the at this point? We haven't seen him back, so we don't know for sure. But at this point, do you think it is going to be a new direction of quarterback for the Cardinals with a trade or or is Murray plan A? Uh, if I have as a betting man, I'd probably be 51, 49 percent. I think they're going to move off of him. Uh, you know, they do want to take a look to see what what he can do. I just personally, Kevin, I just, you know, as far as and this system is weird because obviously we've been playing with Dobbs to this point. He's a little taller quarterback, but he's not a franchise guy. And they probably use Dobbs in obviously different ways than they will with Murray. But we're not even going to see a healthy Murray. We're going to see a Murray that's probably at 80 to 85 percent. And obviously you're talking about they don't want to get him hurt. So they're probably going to even limit him and what they ask him to do. So 
in my mind, they probably already have an idea. He and he would have to come out and do something amazing, in my opinion, for them to change whatever thought they have. I'm just thinking with you know how today's NFL is. If you can get a rookie quarterback on that, you know, five year deal yep. and, and then start over and reset, and then maybe a bigger, taller version with some of these other quarterbacks aren't hugely, you know, bigger than him, but maybe something that fits your offensive plan better i know they would they would rather do that than start out and you know he is somebody else's product as well he's yeah. the kime yeah. and kingsbury product they have no allegiance to him so they probably heard some things they, they've said all the right things to this point in terms of you know he's our guy and he's done everything that we've asked him to do what have you really asked him to do other than rehab to this point he's not leading yeah. the team or organization on the field so whatever decision they've have been working on maybe he can change their mind one way or he he could change it in a positive or a negative route depending on how he plays over these next few days and you know what his you know uh, i guess how he mentally either checks in or checks out moving forward as well so i would think that they probably want to move off of him but until they make that decision they're going to say all the right things about he's our guy and everything yeah. like that and what would you expect them to say other you know you don't expect them to say anything other than that right exactly so yeah i mean i guess we'll it's still very much up in the air with what's going on there we'll we'll see how that develops but when you got potentially two high picks uh in the draft oh, yeah. you know it's it, it's very tempting to just hit the reset button uh because it's like well, when are we gonna have the number one and maybe another top 15 <laughs> pick at the same time again uh to to really reshape the franchise and then if you know if kyler looks good you could potentially flip him for at least a day two pick i would think you know the contract oh, yeah. obviously makes it a little bit difficult but i mean teams are teams are ravenous for the, for the quarterbacks at this point we know and the falcons fans know you know that he, he might be on on atlanta's list when when the dust clears we'll see but absolutely um, but curious what you guys you know new head coach in there with jonathan gannon um obviously the team's one and eight but how do you guys feel about the job he's done i mean obviously put into not a great situation so you're kind of grading on a curve at this point I actually like what Gannon has done to this point. I, he's still learning on the job, you know, Kevin. I, I I watch him sometime, and the staff, they're really conservative. They're, you know, they don't want to do the wrong thing sometime. You can tell that. But the, even the way they used Joshua Dobbs while he was here, it was like you could – I could see if I was a fly on the wall in some of those meetings, you probably – they would be preaching, Josh, whatever you do, just don't, you know, we can't have you turn the ball over. You know, you got to protect it. And in and saying that, their game plan has been, been ultra and uber conservative as well. You know, but obviously we're working with not a whole lot of weapons or anything like that. So some would say, well, what are you supposed to do? You know, in this situation, you know, I would have expected them to come out and, and maybe just every now and then, just throw the ball down the field, you know, yeah. a few more tricks and gadgets and things, because it's not like, you know, we're working with superior talent, you know, but in all in all, I like the fact that we've not only in the beginning, especially we were in these games playing well. And I told the fans at the beginning of the season, it's not going to be about the wins and losses. It's going to be about how this team is out there performing. Are they giving up like uh, Denver did on in Miami a few, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, you could tell those players were just, they had checked out. We have not had that. Even in our losses, we've had guys flying to the ball, playing hard. Uh, you know, even when we're outmanned as far as talent, team is still giving it everything they've got, just working with inferior product on the team, on the on the field. And then also, you can tell 
he's building toward getting the right type of guys in the locker room. You know, it's a, the cliche thing, the culture thing. Yeah, he set some different rules and standards for guys where it gotten kind of loose with Kingsbury, you know, late to meetings, eating in meetings. Those, these are things he changed and for the good. You know, there's a little more respect going on out there and they're playing hard. So that part of it I like. He's just been working with, like I said, backup quarterback, no offensive line. You can stack the deck against him. But I do think he's been he's done a good job getting to this point. Now we just gotta get him where he's, you know, hey, gotta be a little more aggressive from time to time and open it up. And I think with a better quarterback situation, we'll see that and and moving forward because this isn't about 2023. We all knew what this year was gonna look like. This is about yeah, moving yeah. forward. And I think he's done a good job to this point and he'll continue to get better at his craft. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and I think it's been very encouraging. You know, the win loss record doesn't exactly reflect a ton this year because it's we all knew that the Cardinals were dealing with maybe the worst situation of, of any team. So uh you're just looking for for hope. And I think I think Gannon has, has shown enough to to encourage you for the future. But yeah, let's let's get into these these matchups because you know, you mentioned the Car- the Cardinals offensive line being a, a big issue and and you know Paris Johnson was definitely a guy that the Falcons were rumored to be interested in he's having a tough rookie season um just not overly surprising it's a tough position to play as yeah. a rookie uh does look like like Will Hernandez has been a bright spot at, at guard but the rest of the spots you know DJ Humphrey's having a down year it seems like and uh Hialti Froholt is is struggling a bit at center and, and Dennis Daly at left guard um getting thrown in there too so uh, that seems like that's a, a big issue, and, and Atlanta, for for once, uh, has actually put together a defense that is dangerous. Uh, they they definitely got <laughs> embarrassed last week, and they've definitely been uh, hurt by the offense turning the ball over. I believe at like the third or fourth highest rate in the NFL, but uh, they've actually put together a, a pretty nice pass rush in terms of pressure. I believe they're fourth in pressure rate this year. Uh, they're fifth in total yards and uh, they've been, they've been playing quite well. Uh, they actually have some guys, especially on the interior of the defensive line with David Onyemata and Clayus Campbell, unfortunately, Jerry uh, Grady Jarrett on IR, but they've managed to get it done there. Uh, how do you feel about this Cardinals offense matching up with, with Atlanta's finally uh, good defense? Yeah, you, you, you correctly pointed out our offensive line, Kevin is, is it's a work in progress. The, the reason it's in such a shamble uh, kind of state is how it was neglected for so long by Steve Kime and Kingsbury during their regime here. They, they, they were of the mindset, we'll get to that when we get to it. And every year I would scream, we need to be fortifying both sides of the ball, but especially the offensive line. We would get to the fourth and fifth rounds, and then all of a sudden now we want to address the offensive line. And that was done for year after year after year. And you saw how Gannon and them last year with Paris, they were like, hey, that's our first pick. We're going to go out and start solidifying that. And he's been struggling because he doesn't have a whole lot around him. But he's the first pick of, you know, you watch him. Next year, they'll get a, a one or two here in the first couple rounds. They'll find a, a good young free agent to bring in here. They'll start to shape that, and it'll get better just because of, they're finally addressing it. So, you know, that's where it all starts. Our offensive line, you know, it's been a struggle. All the experience that some of these younger guys are getting is going to be valuable when they finally have it all put together. And then, you know, our running game has been 
in and out, you know, especially with, with Connor going down and then our, our wide receiver group, when you're, when Marquise Brown is your, when he's your flagship number one wide receiver, it's like, wow, he, in most situations, he'd be a, maybe a low two or a three. So, you know, we don't have the weapons here, but we're, you know, we're, we're building towards something, hopefully, obviously quarterback position. We'll see where they go with that. Uh, matching up, you know, especially this week, you guys should feast. Calais Campbell, he's got to be looking at the film thinking, okay, I'm going to get after it. And it makes it a little tougher now if Murray's back there and he's yep. any he, because he's not the sitting duck that – and and I will say this much. Even while Josh was here, he wasn't necessarily sitting duck because he right. could get out when they designed some runs for him and he looked pretty good, but he's no Murray. Murray will make you miss and, and you know, turn some of those potential sacks into gains and you know, maybe extend – drives by picking up some of the first downs and stuff like that. So he'll give you guys some fits, but then you have to really seriously ask yourself, you know, this is his first game back off of an ACL. How much is he really going to run and how cautious he might be? And they, the word for Murray might be safety this week. Every, if they, if there's a crowd around him, I would not be surprised if he just went down and just took the sack, you know, don't be out there trying to extend plays or if there's stuff around your feet, you know, trying to get out of just go down. So with that, with that, with that being said, you know, your the defense, the Atlanta defense should look pretty good against this offensive line. You know, if we get Connor back, he'll help in the running game, obviously. But you know, we don't have the weapons to really scare anybody. Minus, you know, minus Murray. But even like I said, that's the biggest mystery is how much he's going to be used and how rusty he might be and what they might ask of him this week. In my opinion, this should be a game if Connor's back. We should turn around and hand him the ball 30 times mm. and maybe ask Murray to throw it 20 to 25, everything in the pocket, short and quick. That would be my message to, to keep, you know, heat off of him. So it'll be interesting to find out and see how smart or silly, stupid this, you know, the offensive coordinators are this week in their approach. But like I said, it's all a mystery, but uh, it should be a good game for your front and for your defense as a whole. Yeah, yeah, and I think the Falcons would would hope that uh, they the one thing they've really struggled with is the quarterbacks escaping because that that was the game against Josh Dobbs last week. Uh, that was yeah, literally yeah. the the Vikings offense was they got nothing on the ground except Josh Dobbs scrambles, and that was the difference in the game. Um, you know that's how they ended up winning at the end when the Bud Dupree had Josh Dobbs dead to rights and he he escaped, and there you go, that's the end <laughs> yeah. of the game. So uh, on fourth down, no less, but. Um, Moving on from from those painful memories, uh, we will you know talk about uh, the, the Falcons' run defense. Actually, has been pretty good. They allow just three point eight yards per carry, so they probably prefer uh, to see the Cardinals uh, running the ball there. But we'll we'll see how that goes. But on the other side of the ball, uh, it does seem like it's been a bit of a struggle for the Cardinals on defense as well. Um, also, seems like it, not necessarily any one unit being terrible it's just the collective unit is kind of lacking high-end talent right now obviously Buda Baker mm-hmm. is amazing everybody loves Buda Baker uh but the, the rest of the talent you know it seems like Zayvon Collins finally being utilized correctly having a big role um but the cornerbacks are, are struggling a bit um gotta shout out Garrett Williams my Syracuse guy uh you know for for his his role finally healthy and getting to play this year but it, it you know it seems like it's a defense that is is vulnerable against the run and pass uh, where where do you think uh, teams have typically had the most success, and where's the Cardinals' defense the most vulnerable right now? Well, you know it's it's a it's a miss it's a 
it's a bunch of different problems all at the same time, Kevin. We don't have the dogs up front to get after it. Our de- so our defensive line, not really not great against the run, but we can stop it on occasion. But we look hard to get pressure. You know, we don't have some of the big names we used to have here. So if you can't get pressure, what do you have to do? You have to send pressure. But then what do you put? You make yourself vulnerable because our secondary, especially our cornerbacks, are you know young and inexperienced and not very good. So do you risk throwing the extra men up there to try to put pressure on the quarterback, but then you know leave your backside all open for all kinds? So you know it's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So if we sit back and we don't put pressure, then you just give the quarterback time back there to pick us apart. If you send a presser, you, you know, just wide open on the backside. So, you know, that's our problem is lack of talent at every level minus Buda Baker. And I always tell people, if your safety is your, you know, biggest, uh, you know, asset and he's making all the plays, a couple of things that happen. Either he's making a whole lot of plays at the, you know, at the line of scrimmage, or he's making a whole lot of plays in the secondary and that's bad for your defense. So, you know, it's just the lack of, weapons on both sides of the ball and on the front, you know, of our defensive line just exposes us. Um, We've made it, we've been able to stay in game early and then eventually those guys get tired or we don't make the proper adjustments and teams tend to pick us apart in the second half of these games. I think mostly it's because, you know, eventually they figure out our scheme. We don't have the dogs to, to switch things up and, you know, be aggressive and we just get eight up on in, in the backside of these games. So we'll see how it works out this week. But that's been the theme of this team. At the same time, I will say, and I might have said it earlier, they don't give up, Kevin. So they continue mm-hmm. to fight. It's just that, you know, we just don't have the weapons. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to watch sometimes. You like, yeah. you know, if we just had better talent out there, we might have won a few of these games. At the, at the same time, it's like, well, we can afford to lose a, even a few more and, <laughs> Make that pick even nicer for next year. So yeah, you know this is one Light of those at the games end of the where, tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is one of those games where it, it, this one was a hard one to pick, especially you know because you guys aren't coming over with you know all with the best quarterback in the world either. So you know it, this is going to be a tough one to pick, to be honest with you. That yeah, one and yeah. Half point spread. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not touching this one with with betting. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, no, I don't bet no. on the Falcons as a rule of principle. But yeah, <laughs> I would I would not even if I was a neutral observer this week. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think it reminds me a little bit of like the Falcons defense the last couple of years, which was like we we could see that the coaching was not the problem, but they just didn't have the guys right. They didn't have yeah. the, the horses up front. They didn't have the the weapons in the secondary to to take stuff away, and they would just get beat by teams that were better talent wise. Um, and I think that's kind of yep. what's happening to the Cardinals. I don't think they're poorly coached. I don't think they're, they're necessarily playing poorly or making bad decisions. They're just not up to snuff in terms of the talent. Um, but the Falcons, you know, they've sort of gotten away from the run game, which has been their bread and butter. They haven't, they're still putting up a lot of rushing yards, but efficiency wise, nowhere near as good as last year where they were arguably the NFL's best rushing attack. Uh, it's been a 50, 50 timeshare essentially with Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, which has definitely annoyed the fantasy community to no end. Um, but you mentioned some difficulties stopping the run. I wonder if that's some some uh, an area where you think the Falcons should should emphasize attacking in this game. Absolutely. And if you don't, then shame on you. This is one of those games 
where it should be a heavy dose of Bijan and, and you know, not necessarily three yards in a cloud of dust. But you have to be creative with the running game, but it all starts there for me. And, you know, especially with the quarterback situation, it seems like you guys, like you, you mentioned, turnovers have been the biggest bugaboo for the Falcons from my watch from afar. If you come over here and establish a run game, what it also does is it'll force us to, to put extra men up there to stop the run, which then gives you the play action effect and stuff like that. That's always my, if I was coaching against the Cardinals would be my approach every time. Don't come, don't come over and try to sling it against us, establish the run and everything will be able to be branched off from there. So that would be my approach. And we'll see if that's the way the Falcons go with it, but you'd be stupid if you didn't, you know, looking <laughs> at the film. Yeah, I mean, Falcons fans not uh, loving the coaching <laughs> at this point, so they might not be surprised uh, with that. We'll see if, you know, in the, in the passing game, um, the, the same, you know, complaints still there. Quarterbacks turning the ball over, not playing great. Um, it's now Taylor Heineke for the for the, the second week as a starter. Had some, that's, the Taylor Heineke story is some great throws and some throws that make you go, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and that was absolutely the case last week. Uh, you know, we're still not seeing Kyle Pitts really featured or utilized in, in a big way. Drake London was out last week and still didn't happen. So that was bizarre. Uh, but there's a seems like there's a good chance London returns. He was practicing on Wednesday. We're recording this Thursday morning, so we haven't gotten a, a, a look at Thursday's practice report yet. But is this a, a vulnerable secondary where the Falcons passing game might actually have some success? Absolutely. And like I said, the biggest way to do it is with some of that established run and get that play action going. And, you know, our, our guys are, are young, uh, inexperienced, you know, but they, they are learning. They play hard. Uh, the one thing I will say, we haven't given up a ton of big plays, you know, so it seems like we tend to keep things in front of us, but, what the sacrifice is anything over the middle or up in, in front the the mid-range stuff is there to be had. So, you know, most teams don't come over here, you know, or play us expecting to go over the top. But if you're patient, I said run the ball. And then the intermediate stuff, tight ends tend to have a field day feast against us. And that's what Kyle Pitts, I've, man, I've been scratching my head for the last <laughs> couple of years watching the talent not match up to the production and it's almost, you know, sometimes sometimes you can blame it on maybe quarterback play. Or, but he's a dude that you would figure that would just be getting off on a consistent basis, and he doesn't. Maybe this is his get-right game for you because it's there to be had if that's the approach. Yeah. I mean, we're all hoping uh, we can get him utilized. And if we don't see him utilized soon, it, it could spell trouble for Arthur Smith, who uh, is, is probably heading towards hot seat territory if he's not already there, <laughs> given that this is year three and we're once again four and five at the midpoint uh, of a season. So yeah. not not the best vibes here in Atlanta. It does seem like things in, in Arizona are getting a little bit better despite the, the record. But uh, tougher game, I think, than, than Falcons fans were anticipating at the beginning of the year. There's obviously the big wild card of Kyler Murray coming back and, and is Kyler Murray hundred percent, probably not, but is 85% of Kyler Murray enough to get the Falcons yeah. fits? It, it could be the case, you know, the Falcons defenses had last week was pretty much their, their worst game defensively. I believe they had 16 missed tackles uh, in that game, which was a fourth of all their missed tackles the entire season. Uh, so that obviously was, was not good, but they've played pretty well other than that. So it could be a situation where this could be a bounce back game for them. They, they have started uh, despite being, fourth in the NFL in pressure rate. They have only 19 sacks, 
which is pretty bizarre. Um, they've just not converted those pressures into sacks. Uh, whereas the Cardinals, with just a 17% pressure rate, have 25 sacks. So they've had no problem converting their pressures into sacks, even though there yeah. haven't been nearly as many of the pressures. So kind of a bizarre situation there for Atlanta. But um, the one thing Atlanta has done well is is play good third down defense and good red zone defense. So hopefully that'll continue this week and, and the Falcons will be able to get that done. Uh, offensively, they haven't been able to score points. So maybe, maybe uh, a game against a defense that I think is 25 fifth or 26th in scoring maybe maybe that'll be the cure for what ails them but uh i'm i'm you know <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't happened so far uh they they have scored the most points uh two of their biggest scoring games have been the last two weeks uh, unfortunately they, they lost both of those games also but you know <laughs> at least they're scoring some points now uh so that that yeah. is that is a plus and uh four and five you know if the falcons end up winning this game going to the buy at five and five it's not not necessarily end of the world situation there um but it, it, you kind of feel like the Cardinals don't really, they, it's not that they don't care about winning or losing, but they're probably okay either way because one way helps your draft. One way maybe shows that Kyler Murray's looking good and maybe going to help either his future in Arizona or uh, help his, his trade value. So uh, it's, a, it's an interesting that, situation. I think, yeah. yeah. I think the biggest thing for the Cardinals and I'm, I'm sure they are crossing their fingers and before the game, they might secretly do a, a big prayer with coaching staff. Just get <laughs> Kyler Murray through this game in the next two to three, whatever it is. That's their biggest thing. The wins they could not say care less about, but the most important thing is getting him out of here healthy and you know being able to evaluate him and then help assist them making their decisions moving forward. The wins and losses, like I said, at one and eight, this season is already over. Uh, we just don't want to embarrass embarrass yourself by going out and have poor performances on the field but as far as you know playing hard and everything like that if they go out there and play hard and lose whereas your situation is a little different the seat might be getting a little hotter over there and especially you look at the nfc south it's there to be had man i mean at five and four leading the division the saints at four and five you guys are right there in the mix so you know this could be this this could send your if you if the falcons come over and don't get this one yeah, this could be dark times. Yeah, yeah, So you, this is a, I won't say must win, but this is this is it's kind close. of gotta have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, one of the most patient owners in the NFL. But you th- have to think even he's scratching his head if they if they lose this <laughs> yeah. one. No, no offense intended to the Cardinals, but um, none, none it's taken. Just, it's just uh, one of those things where it's, it's certain expectations for this team, especially in year three now that we're that we have not seen. So. We'll see how that goes, but you know, last question. Obviously, uh, how you feel? We we talked about how difficult this game is to pick. How, what what do you what are you thinking in terms of uh, your predictions uh, for this game? And we all have to pick them too. And I got <laughs> do. do. You know, I, <laughs> man, I am leaning. Believe it or not, I have not picked the Cardinals, but maybe one time this year, and I was wrong. Um, this, <laughs> Probably didn't pick them against have, the Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This and this is. This is the, they still have not been favored in a game yet. This is close as we'll come to this, you know, obviously one and a half, one in some spots. And with the return of Murray, I just got a feeling that somehow they get it done. And, they, you know, and it's not a preseason game where he's on a pitch count where, you know, he's just going to play the first quarter or half. He's starting quarterback. So I'm assuming he's there for the long haul. Somehow, and this is going to be an ugly game in my opinion, Kevin, this is one of those like 
19 or 18 games, yeah. something yeah. like that. But somehow I, I'm thinking the Cardinals might win it. So that's going to be my pick for the week on my seat. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with it and go Cardinals home field. Not necessarily a big advantage, but somehow we figure out a way to get it done. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. It would not shock anyone. I think, and and the. I mean, you can see that the betting odds are very down on the Falcons at this point uh, with just the one and a half point edge. Um, you know, and and part of that is Kyler coming back. No one really knows what to expect there um but yeah it's you know i i have to to pick the falcons here because i if i don't then i feel like you know then i'll just have been (laughs) i'll have sold the season down the river already but uh i don't think the falcons are capable of winning any other way but ugly so it's definitely (laughs) going to be ugly um they they have been scoring a bit more so maybe it'll be in the 20s this time like maybe a 27 to, to 23 or something type game uh, when the dust clears, but yeah, uh, I, I, this is, this is my last hope. So if they lose this week, then I'm, I'm picked up, we're losing out and we're getting a quarterback too. We'll be right up with you guys in the top five. So, um, there you go. but, uh, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely going to be an interesting one. Uh, a lot more intrigue for different reasons than we thought heading into the season at this point. But, uh, Ed really appreciate you guys. He's Ed Smith at Ed Smith speaks. I can't believe I didn't mention the Falcons as your, your former team, uh, off oh, the top, but good, Ed Smith, you know, tight end for the Falcons <laughs> on that 98 team, uh, should have, you know, led with that one instead of the Eagles, you know, <laughs> but, um, I saw the Eagles Jersey. That's probably what, you know, maybe yeah, say that first, yeah. but, uh, I, Ed, looking, I, yeah. gotta, I gotta get one of my Falcons ones behind me too. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, it'll help my memory at least, but, uh, yeah, guys, uh, make sure to check out Ed Smith's stuff. He's at Ed Smith speaks on Twitter X also host of the believe in Cardinals podcast. Ed, anything else you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, we do the national show as well. We mm-hmm. went from local to the national this year. Oh, We're nice, actually yeah. on sports map radio, 35 States, 98 affiliates across the country. Uh, every Saturday from 1 to 3 Eastern time, go to sportsmap.com to find out if we're in your market or download the app as well. Yeah, definitely check that out. I have not checked that one out yet. I will have to give it a listen to you. Can never get enough good sports uh, content here, guys, so make sure to give Ed a listen. And uh, I'm Kevin Knight, of course, at Falcoholic. Kevin, this is the Dirty Birds of Bruce podcast. Please like and subscribe if you enjoyed today's episode. Give us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Today's episode was, of course, brought to you by betonline.ag and prize picks. Until next time, guys, we'll be joining you in the evening for the Falcons' one and only non-1 p.m. game this season will be this week against the Cardinals. So we'll actually have a, a later uh, post-game show coming to you guys. But we will uh, we'll see you then, hopefully for hopefully with some some good vibes for for once here this month. Um, <laughs> November has been a dark month for the Falcons, but uh, we'll, we'll hope for the best this weekend. And, and above all, just hope for, for a healthy game for both sides. But... Uh, guys, thanks again for joining us. Thanks again to Ed for his time. We'll see you next time. Appreciate on... you having me, man. Absolutely, Ed. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next time on Dirty Birds and Brews. Have a great day, folks.